Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Star Wars Minute. It's the daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and celebrate the Star Wars movies one minute at a time. I'm Pete the Retailer from PeteTheRetailer.com. I'm Alex Robinson from ComicBookAlex.com. And I'm Jennifer Heddle from Lucasfilm. I am an executive editor uh, overseeing fiction for adults, teens, and kids. All right. Welcome well, to the show. Welcome to the show. Here. You are making us dangerously, uh, we're dangerously close to the, the, the machine that feeds us, in a, in <laughs> a sense. You're, you're yeah. the uh, official... Uh, I might you know. have to be a little more circumspect in my comments yeah. than the yeah, previous I'd, guests. So. You can plead the fifth at any point. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us again uh, today. The Fantusi uh, Cruise. The Fantusi yeah. Cruise. We're on the ship. We're in the, uh, in the beautiful Colony Club which I think, I love the vibe back here. I'm totally going to spend the rest of the cruise here. Um, cigars. We need cigars. Cigars, right? This is here. a cigar kind of place, yeah. Um, well, we're, we're talking tonight about minute 102, 102 uh, of Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. It starts with Padme trying not to get smelted. I believe that's, the, <laughs> that's what's going on there. And it ends with Anakin trying not to get chopped by machines on a conveyor belt. Yeah, it's kind of a minute of people trying to avoid things happening to them. Yeah. Sort of a... Industrial accidents. Almost. Yeah. yeah. Non-stop yeah. peril. Yeah. Uh, and it, uh, we get the end of R2-D2 flying in this clip, mm. which, um, you know, before, before we dove into this minute by minute, I, I, I was very kind of like, oh, R2-D2 flying, you know, angry about it. And then I realized that that's the, my favorite part of this sequence, even though it's so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it, it breaks everything the least. It's like, oh, he just flies from here to there. We all did that when we were kids and we had the toy and R2-D2 had a rocket coming out of his butt. That's cool. Like, sure. Yeah, I'll accept that. But, like, look at all this other stuff going on. But uh, the, so the end of the R2-D2 flying sequence kind of signifies something. I'm not sure what. Mm. It, Alex, it makes you're everything me a more convenient that R2 is able to fly. Yeah. It speeds things up. So. Yeah. And yeah. you don't get the, you know, yeah. Because otherwise we'd be saying like, well, how did R2 get across here? And right, exactly. If anything, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that they left that, you know, that's, that's where we get most of our material from is looking from like, well, how did R2-D2 get from here to there? So <laughs> I'm sad they took that from us. Is that something that if an author had proposed it in a novel, you would have been like, well, that's too big of a, a change. 
Like if someone said, hey, oh, I want C-3PO to fly in the new book, oh, like, would you be oh like, nah. Well, maybe if an author did. I mean, it's a little bit different when George Lucas makes oh, yeah, the decisions. Yeah, right. And you're like, yes, George, yeah. of course. That's yeah. an excellent idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, honestly, I don't have much of a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, uh, one of the points of the prequels is that everything is shinier and taken better care of. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's pretty, you know, reasonable to see that in the intervening 19 years that that would have just, you know, kind of fallen into disrepair. No one bothered to fix him and he's a lot grungier. And, you know, so it, it, it just kind of adds to that glitzier feel in the prequels, yeah. I think. I don't mind it as much now. Right. Earlier, yeah, I guess so. I was more like, "Well, the heck, we didn't do it in the other movies, and so and so on." But now I've come to tr- come to peace Plus with. Plus, now I, we've we've seen it in the Clone Wars and Rebels, and you know, yes, so we're getting more true. used to seeing astromechs yeah. flying right. around. It's not as big and deal. I think the we've discussed this in the past, but the level, the fact that there is good Star Wars coming out regularly now makes the anything that I didn't like from the prequels less dire. It's just kind of like, oh yeah, that happened, but that's cool. Like, yeah, that's hey, true. Look, look at what's coming out now. Look, yeah. look at all this good stuff that we're watching. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, okay, but well, we took a little misstep with that. That's cool. Like, don't worry about it. It's not the end of the world. Like, we have Star Wars. In the future, kids will be like, heck, when they watch, like, Star Wars and Empire, they'll be like, how come he never flies around? These movies are the worst, because right. they, they'll like the, uh, the rocket parts. They'll there be standard yeah. operating procedure by that point. Uh, we have a fake out, and, and Phil talked about this a little bit on his uh, minute yesterday. You guys were all here yesterday. You remember that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, that, that shows Padme's bowl, which is what I'm going to call it. Um, <laughs> gonna you you see this shot of Padme's bowl, you know, and she's kind of in it, kind of clawing her, trying to claw her way out. And then you see the molten metal dispenser, like, coming along, and it's like, uh-oh. And, uh, and then it fills the bowl, and then it cuts back to Padme's bowl, and she's still trying to get out. And it's a little bit like, wait, what? Like, I thought, like, it... It seems like it's trying to build tension and do a, like a fake out, like a dramatic fake out. Mm-hmm. But it's it's. I don't like to criticize things because they're not like what I know. But it was a li- it was jarring and I feel like it didn't quite. Well, it was, it was not it wasn't a jar. It was a bowl. But you know, you get it. It didn't. I don't feel like it you, Cinematically, you thought it was like, yeah, a, a misdirect. Right. Like you, I've seen that in other places and been like, and you know, you have that kind of fake out effect, like almost like, um, uh, like Marion in, in Raiders or something like that, where it's like, Oh, she's in a different basket that, you know, that kind of a thing where you can, you can play that well and be, you know, have a fake out that is affecting, but this all happens within this minute. And it's a little bit like, "Mm, okay. I thought that was, it just seems like a mistake more so than an intentional, but it's, it's definitely, uh, noticeable. I don't know. I think it. I can see I'm going to be the prequel defender here. Yeah, I don't mean. I don't mean to make okay. you feel like you're on trial. I'm okay here. with that. Um, Answer the question, though. You know, I think it. I think it helps to build the tension. I mean, you know, when you see that molten liquid go into the other cup, is that what we're calling them? Cups. Right. You can call it a cup. That's much better, <laughs> um, I think. She is more canonical than we are. That's true. <laughs> we should say we should go out with. I don't know she the says. correct uh, canon term for the <laughs> cups. Um, but, you know, I just think it builds the suspense of she better get out of there or right. her butt is fried. Yeah. You know? All of her. All, <laughs> all of her is going to be very fried. <laughs> uh, chronologically, I believe it's the first time we see, some, we see R2-D2 shut something down with his, his little uh, socket plug there. We see, uh, the, I guess, the uh-huh. trash compactor is 
trash compactor. Release order is the release order, of course. Yeah. It's the trash compactor. But yeah, I don't I don't think he shut anything down in Phantom Menace. So that's mm. yeah. Yeah, I mean that was definitely my. Well, okay, I guess it's not really saying much to say that's my favorite part of the clip because it's the one part of the clip where something really happens. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that's positive. But, you know, I just really like that because what I always say is that R2 is just all about TCB. Like, he's right. just taking care of business. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, these stupid humans are running around getting into trouble, and R2's always just got to come in and be like, all right, let me take care of this for you fools. Yeah, he's pretty much on point throughout all the movies. He never like makes yeah. a mistake yeah, or gets like, distracted by anything. That's all good. So, yeah, yeah. Well, though, notice I I do love like he is totally like okay, fly over here, shut it down, save Padme, we're good. And it, like meanwhile, Anakin's still on the <laughs> conveyor belt. C three PO still getting his head knocked around. Yeah. He's just like all right, Padme's safe. We're good. So, what time is lunch? Like he's just totally like. Well, she Padme is her owner at this oh, point. Oh, there you go. She's, right. she's a, he's it's a Naboo robot. Thing. So, yeah, uh, exactly. yeah. Or maybe he knows Anakin's not the right guy for him or her. So he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. well, I forgot to turn that one off. Oh. It looks like you have to go back to Paolo, the artist from, uh, from Naboo. He loved Paolo. Oh, I could tell. <laughs> so do you recommend watching them? If you were to, to a new person, would you say to watch them in release order or in uh, number order? Oh, that's always a hard question. Mm-hmm. I... I tend to say release order because I, I like the idea of getting the same experience that everyone else did right. um, in that order. But, I mean, I can definitely see merits to the other, the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm a little agnostic about it, to be honest. I don't have strong opinions no. on the order. It kind of doesn't really matter because it's very rare that someone Ooh. is like sat down, you know, who's never knows nothing about Star right. Wars and is like, no. It seems <laughs> like of, of the parents I know who've introduced Star Wars to their kids, they do tend to start with the original movies. Yeah. Right. From what I can tell. That makes sense. Um, but then sometimes they complain that the effects aren't good enough. So I guess it's, <laughs> you're taking your chances. <laughs> you know, kids, kids like the prequels because they're what they're used to. You know, yeah, it, shiny it's, and... It's, they're more new. Yeah. They're more modern, kind exactly. of, they fit better with modern uh, movie making. So, yeah. I mean, unless you're only showing your kids kind of, you know, that 70s kind of, you know, American Renaissance, you know, the kind of <laughs> showing them Serpico and stuff like that, French Connection at home, and you're like, look, these are movies. French Connection. Yeah. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Uh, So one thing we've been complaining about with this sequence, or I've been complaining about anyway, is that um, 
physically it has a kind of air of unreal, of that kind of hobbit feeling of unrealness where characters jump and land 30 feet. And so, like, this is a great example. Padme's uh, cup is cut loose and she falls like 30 feet in an iron bucket and then just tumbles out, like, oh, well, that's, that was no big deal or whatever. So, uh, right. anyway, just the, I think that's kind of, and I don't know if this falls under the CGI umbrella where it's like. Falls. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Oh, look out, the CGI umbrella. Um, I just don't know if that's the, the C, that kind of CGI is what gives it that kind of unreality as opposed to right. having a, a you know, real actress tumble or like swing across a chasm or anything like that. But Well, speaking of a real actress, I, I yes. mentioned uh, yesterday, and I said I was going to keep bringing it up, but the, uh, here I'm picturing Natalie Portman because I was watching her. She does a lot in this minute of you know, kind of clawing, scrambling, trying to get out of the bucket. Uh, now it's, it's gone from being a, a bowl to a cup to a bucket. So. <laughs> like uh, a ship to a boat. To yeah, exactly. Uh, and I, I, you know, compare this, because this, like we said, this sequence just showed up in kind of reshoots and near the end of it, and they decide, they're like, hmm, let's throw that scene in. And instead of, so this scene replaced a, a scene that would have been several minutes of just basically just Natalie Portman and Christopher Lee like talking, like acting at each other. Uh, and I, I, I can't help but picture Natalie Portman, you know, the, calling her up and being like, hey, we need you to come back. Remember that cool scene that you had where you and Christopher Lee just did your thing for like five, ten minutes? Yeah, we cut that out and we just need you to pretend like you're trapped in a bowl. <laughs> and just for like good ten minutes or so. Is it cool? Like, and she's like, all right, I'm under contract. That, I'm sure. I think it's it's tempting to imagine that Christopher Lee Natalie Portman scene as being like, wow, that must have been really good. Oh yeah, in my head, it's fantastic. Yeah, so. maybe we'll get to see it eventually. Maybe have you seen it? Hey, have you seen it? I I have not. Oh. This is news to me. So. Mm-hmm. Do you have access to all like the Lucasfilm archives? Can you just dig around and find all deleted scenes? No. And, and us, uh, if, if only. Yeah. That would be like a lot. You have of to power. put in a special request. Yeah. Like if you wanted it, could you get it? Maybe. I don't mean to put you on the I've, spot. I haven't tried, but it's, I mean, it's, it's possible. All right. I'm sure it exists somewhere. So right. If Either I needed it for clearance. something. Right. Yeah. Although I hear there, I don't know if it's still the case, but I hear that they were very kind of uh, controlling over the holiday special, of course. That, they were just kind of like, no, you, we just, even when they were building, they were doing the Blu-rays and they needed clips from it, they were just like, well, you just get the clips. You can't have the whole thing. Like, you can't, you can't get the the full access to it because we just don't want that to get out there. Yeah, I I, I get the sense that you know is from George. He's yeah, you know, kind of wanted that to sort of go away. Yeah, <laughs> I want it. So, uh, do you remember seeing Attack of the Clones or any or, or any Star Wars memories that uh, jump out at you as um, noteworthy? Yeah, I remember seeing Attack of the Clones. I. Um, my main takeaway from that movie, I was actually a big fan of the Obi-Wan storyline. I really liked Obi-Wan as private detective. The Camino, yeah. uh, Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Um, slightly biased because I have a huge crush on Ewan McGregor, so I freely admit that that's part of where I was coming from. Um, so you must be pushing for that uh, so standalone, the Ewan McGregor standalone. I would love to see that, yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I I sort of um, developed my huge crush on him from The Phantom Menace, and then so Attack of the Clones, as much as anything, as much as it being a new Star Wars movie, it was like a new Ewan McGregor movie. This right. is exciting for me. So 
Which era, you and McGregor, Obi Wan, do you like best? Do you like the young Padawan? Do you like middle mulleted one, or do you like more mature? <laughs> middle mulleted. <laughs> um, or even outside tend, of Star Wars. I tend to like the the Padawan. The young one, the version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think part of that is just I I just really liked him and Liam Neeson together. I thought that was yeah a really great relationship. So I I tend to have a fondness for that one. So, so uh, outside of Star Wars, though, what's your favorite? You and like where where's peak? Because you know we talk about Han Solo. Uh, sorry, Harrison Ford. Right, peak Harrison, peak Harrison Ford. Ford being somewhere between you know Empire, uh, Raiders, Blade Raiders. Runner. That he's got that right. kind of nice like he goes through a nice little peak there, and then it's not not terrible, of course, afterwards. But it, he really kind of hits his stride for a, a couple of movies there. Do you, for Ewan McGregor, what would you say? Like, um, For me, personally, it's Moulin Rouge. I think okay. that's like the apotheosis of Ewan McGregor hotness and adorableness so and talent and amazingness. Yeah, and that's right before this. Things. They filmed them back-to-back pretty much in the same mm-hmm. studio. So this is right. This has got to be in that, in that envelope, Attack of the Clones. Although yeah. the, the mullet probably takes a little right. bit away from the, it. The hair does take a little bit away from, <laughs> from his beauty right. in this one. But yeah. <laughs> Well, you heard us ask Phil Noto yesterday. Do you want to uh, care to rank the uh, Star Wars saga, oh, or do you I, want to excuse your, recuse yourself as I your? I should uh, probably recuse myself. I mean, right. I will say, you know, I will say that for me, the original trilogy is still the top. All three of them mm-hmm. are still the top three. Um, and after that, I should probably <laughs> recuse. Yeah. Well, do you want to put the top I mean, three I like in order? All, I do genuinely like all of them. Yeah. I mean, I've been yeah. defending the prequels, so yeah. it's it's not a, a matter of this one stinks or anything. I like all of them for yeah. different reasons. So I do like that the the Disney films are, especially with Rogue One, integrating prequel stuff in it. They're to- they're not just totally like okay, we're not we're not we're going to pretend these don't exist. We're they, you know they're they're bringing in Space Jimmy Smiths and. You know, uh, other you know, Mon Mothma from the the prequels. So I'm glad they're doing that and taking like the good, the best stuff from the prequels and and kind of reminding us that yeah. it's there. Yeah. Yeah, it's all so. it's all the same galaxy, and it just makes everything feel more connected. That it is just yeah. part of one larger story. Now, so you're remind me again. You said children and young adults and, and adult and adult. Yeah. Oh, okay. So what is there more? Is there less of a kind of uh, control like is it easier to get something through for like a kids or young adults book like are they less kind of uh, worried about canon or are they like well here you have an illustration of you know like Greedo acting goofy and doing this and like he wouldn't have been on that planet at that time like are they <laughs> is there a kind of a stricter canon kind of crackdown like across the board or is it you can do you can get away with stuff as a, in a kids book no I mean I, I think it's generally all the same I think that um the material for kids is still treated as an important part of the Star Wars galaxy. Um, I mean, certainly we've done books that have a looser art style mm-hmm. for kids. I think there's a little more leeway there because you want to appeal to that younger audience and they may respond to you know different kinds of art styles um, than adults would. So in that sense, yes. Um, but in terms of the storytelling, it's you know it's still important that it's all all the same galaxy and all fits together. Sure. Yeah. Alright. Well, um, I wanted to point out, remember I said I was going to do this all week. Um, this minute, 102, 
in a different Star Wars movie. Wanted to jump around and see what, what else is going on. Jump Minute around. 102 of Return of the Jedi. It's the first blast from the Death Star 2. So it's like, oh, that's operational. The whole game changes right there. So it's an interesting... As we go through, it's see what's going on as the whole... Uh, what, Alex, you're giving me a look like you don't believe that's possible. No, I believe it, but I, I, that seems so much later in Return of the Jedi... Well, this there's a feels, lot of parallel this one action also, going this on. This one's longer, too. That's so right. We yeah. still have, like, you know, uh, how many minutes is this one? one? A lot of minutes. <laughs> a lot of minutes. <laughs> Long time. 140-something, I think, right? Yeah. 142. 143. So yeah. We've still got 41 minutes of this yeah. after this. So there we go. Um, yeah, but that's what's going on in different movies at this, at this t- same time. Well, thank you for that update, Pete. Yeah. We'll see how long this, this bit lasts. <laughs> long time. Uh, well, if, uh, so thanks again for coming on. I oh, know, thank you I, for having me. And um, if uh, you listeners at home or if you listeners in the audience want to uh, get more Star Wars Minute for your buck, uh, you can go to starwarsminute.com slash Patreon. And uh, at certain levels, if you subscribe, you will get a bonus episode every week. Uh, David knows about it. He's, here, he's heard them. Uh, and uh, that you know, that's more kind of general Star Wars chit chat. We don't do the minute by minute breakdown there. We just kind of talk about whatever's whatever's in the news, whatever whatever floats our boat, if you will. Um, ship, <laughs> ship, whatever floats our ship, if you will. Uh, so if you do that, that helps us out. Obviously, lets us do fun stuff and um, produce more shows. And then, uh, other than that, if you want another episode of Star Wars Minute, why not come back tomorrow? Because we'll be here for a brand new episode of Star Wars Star Wars Minute. Minute.